Welcome to Life Transformation Radio. This show is all about life transformations and our journey from where we were to why we are doing what we are doing today. We will discuss the hiccups, the roller coasters, and the blood, sweat, and tears that has been poured out while discovering our purpose. It is all about our transformation. Here is your host, Sean Douglas. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to another episode of Life Transformation Radio. I am your host, Master Resilience Implementer, TEDx Speaker, Business Positioning Strategist, and International Bestselling Author, Sean Douglas. This show is currently heard in over 79 countries. So whether it's your first time joining us or you've been listening to us for some time, I want to thank you to those who are listening from around the world. Life Transformation Radio is all about our transformation. Here is where we tell the stories of why we're doing what we're doing. We highlight those transformational moments that changed our lives and how we use it to then transform others and elevate their lives as well. Now, you can listen to us live right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network, Tuesday through Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can also join our Facebook group, Life Transformation Radio Community, and never miss an episode by subscribing wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Life Transformation Radio can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, TuneIn, Player FM, Radio Public, Overcast, CastBox, the Google Play Music app, the Himalaya app, Pandora, and it can be heard on our YouTube channel, Life Transformation Radio. On the show, my guests are entrepreneurs, speakers, business owners, podcasters, authors, amazing human beings that are impacting the world around them. And my guest today has done exactly that. If you have any questions for any of the guests that I bring on the show during our live broadcast, you can call us up at 657-383-1109. Again, the number is 657-383-1109. Before we start, I want to acknowledge a review that came into the show. I love reading all of the reviews that come into the show. And the one that I got yesterday from Gigi Explores says the host is annoying AF. We all know what AF means. It says the guests are pretty great, but, the, but it's annoying to me that the host never listens very well. He doesn't seem very present in the conversation and just makes some annoying general comments about himself instead of about the guests. Well, um, okay, fair enough. I'll do better, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what else to say to that. That's, That's awesome. You can do. So, right, nothing I can do. Um, apparently, I'm not present in any of the conversations, and uh, I only make comments about myself. So uh, we'll see how this goes. But without further ado, please help me welcome to the show my guest for today, Dr. David Rendelstein. David, welcome to Life Transformation Radio. Hey, Sean. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm pumped. You get to hang out with an annoying host. Um, you know, I, I'm sure that you would have better things to do than to hang out on Life Transformation Radio with an annoying host. But we're going to have a lot of fun today. You know, Sean, to be honest, with what's going on in the world today, I look forward to hanging out with annoying people. I mean, we're, we're, we're kept <laughs> distant from annoying people. I need to be annoyed a little bit, so help me out. 
<laughs> right? Like, there's some hope for humanity. And then you get, like, next to people, you know, and you're like, oh, oh, got it. Yep. They do, do you exist. They still exist. Got it. All right. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I don't know, man. I think I, I, I think everybody's trying to figure things out, you know, as we go. Um, but I, I haven't seen too much. Like, I was expecting, like, riots. And I'm like, oh, man, here we go. But I, I haven't seen any, like, crazy, crazy, crazy craziness. You know, uh, the, the suicide rates are up. Uh, depression rates are up. But uh, I don't see any, like crazy destructive behaviors from from people i think everyone's doing as well as could be expected right now yep considering considering the circumstances but you know one of one of the blessings sean is you know we're talking about annoyance right so if someone's annoying you then you, you don't tolerate them very well but when you're kept distant from people when you're isolated there's a tendency to appreciate people more I can't wait yeah. until I go to a restaurant and I have to wait for a half hour. I mean, I'm looking forward to traffic. <laughs> right. And I live in New Jersey. Nobody in New Jersey looks forward to traffic. Oh, wow. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that's um, that's been like the blessing. I mean, if you really think about it, everything that's going on, they say that pollution's down. And the skies are looking clearer. There's not a lot of traffic. There's no waits in lines at restaurants because you can't get into a restaurant. So you just got to wait in the drive-thru, but you get to sit in your car. Uh, you know, they're restricting people in, in some stores, like Walmart or whatever. It was like restricting people. Only a certain amount of people can go in. So the lines at the registers are not super long. Um, you're having dinner with your family, or at least you should. You should be have, having dinner with your wife, kids, husband, you know, whatever. You're having more home-cooked meals, which hopefully we're going to talk about is eating healthy. You're not eating like hamburger helper and box meals. You know, you're actually <laughs> cooking meals, right? Um, and yeah. you get to enjoy restaurant food at home instead of dealing with, um, drunk people, loud people, there's no bars, clubs, and they said traffic accidents are down a lot, like fatalities from, right. from traffic accidents. Fatalities are down tremendous. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, but having said that, let me just uh, interject. Uh, we have to be careful what we wish for, right? How many times in the past have we said, I hate this traffic, I hate all these people, I just wish there was yep. space, I wish there was time, I wish it – and now we have all that. And, of course, it's yep. just the, the way it is in, in life when we've chosen to deal with other people. Uh, <laughs> uh, for every good thing that happens, there's a bad thing that happens. Uh, we always oh, impact sure. each other. And, and we forget the impact that we have on each other. And now is a little time out for us to realize that and appreciate, you know, how, how lucky we've been in many ways. Yes, I agree. I agree. So the title of this episode today is Take the Quarantine Challenge with wellness expert, Dr. David Rendelstein. He has lost over 100 pounds in six months using the very system he now uses to help clients lose the weight they have been battling for years. As a trained chiropractor and the owner of FinTech, 
Dr. Rendelstein has extensive experience in helping people finally achieve lasting weight loss and an improved quality of life. After helping thousands of people put themselves first, he realized that when you positively affect your health, it creates a ripple effect on all areas of your life. Dr. Rendelstein is also the creator of the revolutionary thin test, which helps people to identify their barriers to losing weight and keeping it off. Dr. Rendelstein specializes in speaking from his own experience with weight loss and speaks on how to remain healthy and lose weight. Since he lost over 100 pounds in six months himself, he's here to inspire and encourage others to do the same. He most recently created the Quarantine Challenge. The challenge is a series of simple daily challenges designed to help people take better control of their lives, maintain productivity, create a better self and a better life on the other side of the quarantine, improve health, connect with others, and laugh. His website, fintech-weightloss.com, is right there in the show notes. Connect with them on Facebook right there in the show notes. Send them a friend request letting them know that you listened to his episode of Life Transformation Radio. With that, the first question I have to ask, and I believe is the most important question here, is why? Why do you do what you do? Well, you know, Sean, I think ultimately it comes down to the fact that for me it's, it's really personally painful to see people who are living lives when they're unhappy, when they're not healthy, when they're anxious about the future, and when they have a sense of hopelessness. You know, that's how, that's how most people walk into my office. You know, they're feeling out of control. Uh, they're scared about what's going on. They obsess about their bodies, their weight, they obsess about relationships, about how badly they feel. And I just hate, listen, it's one thing if, if we had what we wanted and we still chose to be miserable. <laughs> it's another thing when we don't even see the possibility of not being miserable. And that's what I just can't stand seeing. So ultimately, that's what I'm trying to intervene in. I'm trying to help people live happy, healthy, and hopeful lives. And, and knock on wood, I've been able to do that. That's interesting that you say that. I, I, I would have never guessed that that would be your why. I get it, it's always about other people, but I, just, I find that super interesting because usually it, what I thought was going to happen was, oh, I had to lose this weight because I was unhealthy or I was this or I was this. And you completely turned it around and said, I'm here to make other people happy, and I'm here to make other people, and, and you've completely flipped it. So, well, that was, that was pretty awesome. I like that a lot. Well, thanks, but it, it's, it's a kind of a natural evolution. I mean, it's like anyone else who's had a, quote-unquote, epiphany, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, right. it, if you ever saw the movie Jonathan Livingston Seagull, right, it's about a seagull who finds a way, and then he goes back to help others. And it's kind of, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, I, I know what it's like to feel that way, and I hate it. Like I, like I said, it, it comes down to a, a personal dislike, a personal distaste for those states of yeah. being. There's a better life out there. You know this. You interview people every day who talk about this subject. 
There's a better yep. life out there for people who reach for it. Um, and, and my particular entry into that is in the field of health and weight loss. But ideally, it doesn't stop then. Ultimately, it's about, it's about freedom. It's about an internal experience of freedom. That's what I want for people. I like that. And you mentioned that when people come into your office, they've lost hope. They're at the end of the rope. They're like, man, I just, I can't. I'm so frustrated. Uh, I'm assuming it's probably because they've tried every fad under the sun, right? They've tried keto diet, Atkins yeah. diet, Pilates, yoga. They've tried slim fast. They've tried the pills. They've tried uh, ketogenic pills that they found on the internet for $9 and then all of a sudden they get charged $80 because they forgot about their 14 day trial. Uh, there's all these mm-hmm. right, weight loss, health, and all this stuff on the internet. But they come to you and they say, okay, look, this is it. This is my last ditch effort. That's what I'm, you know, in my mind, picturing them coming into the office going, look, I, look, I'm done after this. Like I'm giving up after this is my last hope. The people have literally said that. <laughs> on on many occasions, people have literally said that to me, Sean. Jeez, I can't even imagine. Well, you know, listen, a, a person can only take so many personal losses, right? A person mm. can only fail so many times before they don't want to get up again. I sometimes, right. you know, use the metaphor of, of the wall in Game of Thrones. Uh, and I don't know if you're a fan, but it was, a, I think, a 700-foot-high wall and uh, covered with ice, a mountain essentially covered with ice. And I think what weight loss is like for a lot of people is they're, they're climbing up that mountain and they get up a little bit and then they fall down and then they do it again and they fall down. And after a while, they just don't want to, they don't want to climb anymore. And my mm-hmm. job is, is to kind of take that mountain and make it a path and then to be their Sherpa and to walk with them down that path. Uh, and Got that's it. very gratifying to me. I like that. Yeah, I can feel the same way. So, you know, when I, when I work with people, it's a it. They don't know what to do. They know mm-hmm. where they want to go. Uh, they they know where the destination needs to go. They just don't know how to get there. So I always tell people that we need a GPS, and you're their GPS. I'm their GPS. This show, the programs, products, services, everything that we create in this world, is someone's GPS to accomplish a goal, to achieve a challenge, to whatever it is that they are searching for, we are their GPS. We yeah. need to give them the tools, the, the, the knowledge, the direction to get to their intended destination. That's right. Sean, if I may ask you a question, when did you first realize that you were people's GPS? Um, I think... 2015, between 2015 and 2016, there was a transition period because I'd gone through a lot of bad stuff in my life, being in the military and some childhood trauma. And so there was a, there was a lot of, a lot of stuff that, that happened uh, between suicidal thoughts and, and, uh, and trying at one time, try to take my life. And there's a growth period that happened. And then I became a suicide awareness trainer. And then I became a master resilience trainer. 
And I was getting booked to speak everywhere, telling my story. And then somebody said I should write a book. And it was that moment. I was like, a book? Like, what are you talking about? I said, yeah, I should write a book. You should absolutely write a book about this. People need to hear your story. Like, nobody cares about me. And I've always had that. I've always had that mentality. Nobody cares about me. Like, why would I want to, why would I tell my story? Like, nobody cares. And that's just not true. Like, a lot of people care. And when I told my story, I found out that I'm not the only one. And a lot of people feel that way. They feel like they're the only one. They feel like they're the only person in the world that's feeling this feeling right now. They feel like they're the only one who's ever failed at this thing or at this moment. They're the only one that feels this way. And it's just not true. And when I told my story, other people were like, man, I really needed to hear that. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, well, like I'm, I'm nobody. You know, I'm just, I went through some hard stuff, you know. And come to find out that my story was affecting people. And then that morphed into this show that I started in 2017, wrote my book in 2016, gave my TEDx talk in 2017 as well, which then inspired more people. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Like, this is a thing. So right around 2015 into 2016, uh, that was like my, my moment. That was that transition where a lot of people were like, dude, you got to tell your story. It's crazy. You know, what, what you're saying right now is so relevant because, you know, you're saying that you think that or you thought that you were nobody. And right now what we're realizing is that there are no nobodies. I mean, the heroes mm-hmm. now are the people who, who are making, you know, $12 an hour checking us out at the supermarket. These are people mm-hmm. who are putting their lives on the line, and we think of the CEOs as the, as the people to admire, and yet these are people who are actually feeding us. Without them, we'd be in a horrible state. So nobody, yep. nobody is a nobody. <laughs> I don't know if that's very articulate, that's a good point. but it's true. <laughs> well, I mean, you talk, you, I mean, you're you're so right. You talk about the nurses and doctors and you know the the first responders and the cashier at the grocery store and i mean they're they're the ones that are keeping us going yeah. think of everybody you, who, who, very, okay i'm sorry i'll give you a verifiable fact more Perfect. lives have been saved by sanitation workers than by any doctor <laughs> if tomorrow all doctors quit. And I don't mean in the time of COVID. I mean, I mean in general. All doctors quit. Yeah. That would be bad. People would die. If all yeah. sanitation workers quit, that would be a plague. Consider sanitation that. Sanitation workers, like, like, you talk about like garbage men? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's hygiene. That, that, the reason why life expectancy is so much longer now than it was a couple of hundred years ago is, is first and foremost because of hygiene, not advances in medicine. Right. I mean, the, the, the fact that we have, uh, you know, sanitation, the fact that we have plumbing, uh, the, the fact right. that we're not living in filth, that's, that's why we can live to 70, 100 years or more. Right. And right. again, right. it gets back to the fact that everyone, everyone matters. And, and this hierarchy that we have in our minds that, you know, the, that the millionaires and that the, the surgeons and, you know, that these are the people. And, yes, these people are leaders. But this idea that there's this hierarchy, I think, is a big mistake. We all matter in a society. That's right. what society is. Society is a conglomeration of people who are interconnected. And if you take out yep. those, those, those pieces of that fabric, the whole thing can fall apart. 
And that's a particular concern of mine right now. That's why I started this quarantine challenge, because I don't want to see it bottom out. I don't want to see this fabric of society tear. You said we're doing well, and we have been, considering. But with, you know, as this situation goes, as the anxiety grows, as the, as the income lowers, uh, it, it, it concerns me to think of what's possible. Mm, I like that. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to everybody who is still, you know, working and doing their job and, and keeping things going. Uh, short of you burning your garbage... Uh, I mean, if you want to throw stuff away, like a, like say a fan or a chair or a table, I mean, I don't see anybody burning those things, but as far as like trash bags and stuff, I mean, people burn that stuff in the country, you know, in Michigan, my grandparents, they live out in the country. I mean, people burn their, burn their trash. I don't know how sanitary that is, (laughs) you know, like, I, I don't know if we're like putting chemicals into the atmosphere or something by doing that, but, uh, you're so right, man, with the plumbing and the trash and the I mean, everything that, that keeps us all um, sanitized, I guess, hygienic. You know, yeah, man, <laughs> absolutely so right. Um, so I'm curious, what is your transformation? The show is focused not so much on people's you know, ability to create a course or to affect a human life, or, but it's, it's really focused on the transformation that one person goes through. And the reason mm-hmm. this is because what we talked about earlier, you're not the only one that has ever experienced this. However, mm-hmm. telling them about our transformational moments can help somebody who is entering into the same type of transformation that you and I have already gone through. So I ask you, right. What is your transformational moment that has changed your life and put you on the path to what you're doing today? Wow. I mean, I can, I can give so many of those, you know, I, I feel like the moments have built upon themselves. Um, but I'll definitely give you a few. If you'll indulge me, I'll give you a few. Um, when I weighed 325 pounds, uh, anyone who hasn't been obese like that probably can't understand what it can be like sometimes. Uh, there, were, there were several moments where I got on airplanes where the seatbelt didn't fit. Mm. And when that happens, there's, a, there's, there's two choices, essentially. The one is to take your chances and, and not, you know, buckle your seatbelt and then take a jacket or something and put it over and hope and pray that you don't get called out by the stewardess. The other is to press that light to call the stewardess over to ask for a seatbelt extender. Now, right. uh, that's a pretty humiliating thing, Sean, uh, to have to call them over and say, excuse me, I'd like a seatbelt extender. Um, and a lot of people don't even know that that's a thing, but I guarantee you a lot of the people listening right now have had that same exact experience. Mm -hmm. Another experience that comes to mind is 2009. 2009 was the last time that the Yankees won the world series. I know you're a tiger fan. I'm sorry about that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> I have a lot of friends who are Tiger fans, and so I, I know it's 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 somewhat Good. painful. But uh, in 2009, the Yankees won the World Series. Now I remember watching that night, and I was eating a lot and drinking a lot, and I mm-hmm. went to sleep. And while I was sleeping, I had a dream that I was drowning. And suddenly I woke up and I couldn't breathe. I, I couldn't catch my breath. You ever get the, the air knocked out of your mouth? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that was the experience. And it's a, it's a desperate, just frightening feeling. Um, you know, and then I, I started gasping and my heart was pounding. I, I got palpitations. Um, and, and there's a word for that. It's called nocturnal dyspnea, which basically means that, you know, at night when you can't breathe, uh, and, uh, you know, it was like, I, I got to do something about this. I have to do something. And I, and I tried so many things. And then fortunately I, you know, came upon a, a, an early version of the program that, that I now deliver to others. So that was very powerful for me also. Now there was another thing, um, I recall I was, I was looking around one day, and everything I looked at seemed dangerous to me. The most innocuous thing, you know, just seemed really dangerous. If I, if I looked at a teddy bear, I would say the teddy bear is dangerous, right? The teddy bear can somehow come to life. Uh, if I, you know, it didn't matter what. If I looked at a cotton ball, it could be like, well, I could – you know, uh, swallow a cotton ball and it could get lodged in my throat. Um, and then I realized that it, it was actually me that was the source of the danger. The way that I was raised was to look at everything as a dangerous situation. And what that was doing was actually putting myself in the position of, of being fearful and being kind of at the effect of the environment instead of being... Wow. Controlling it, right. uh, and so you might say, "Well, that doesn't have anything to do with weight per se." Well, it has everything to do with outlook on life. It has everything to do with how I operate in the world. And so that was another moment where I realized that you know I, I've got to take control. <laughs> uh, the environment's only as dangerous as I make it, and I think that that's kind of happening now. There is this virus out there, uh, and it's new, and as a result of that, it's scary. So that's one side of the equation. But the other side is how we're all responding to it. I mean, are we looking at the world in general as a dangerous place? And are we, as a result of that, are we becoming the effect of the environment instead of realizing that it, that we are in control of the environment and of ourselves? And I, I do think that's going on to some degree. Hmm. That's a very interesting perspective. Perspective. <laughs> very interesting. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think that somebody listening right now. I mean, all I just kept thinking about, you know, was was where I stand, you know, on, on the topic and and trying to relate to I'm like yeah okay I can see that yep okay and I'm trying to pick out the 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 examples in the world where I can see this happening you know so I think I think it's very relevant and somebody that's listening right now I think is it it could be very relatable to them well but but this is also part of the mission and you have to understand something Sean and I I know you do (laughs) 
is that the is that the mission changes, it evolves, right? When you ask oh, sure. why, it, it evolves based on circumstance. And, sure. and one of the, the opportunities now is that the lessons we're learning as a result of what's going on now, they're really a reaffirmation because we've been thrown into this more intense moment, right? So, so everything uh, has been exaggerated. It's, it's kind of like it's been amplified. It, it, it hasn't changed the challenges, but they've been amplified because things seem uh, so horrible right now. Seem amplified. And, and they, they absolutely seem amplified. Um, and that's part of the opportunity also, and that I know that people right now feel out of control. And the goal, the ultimate goal, like I said before, is that internal experience of freedom. That's what we're looking for. And, and this relates to my business, but it, it relates more than that is to the larger mission that, that, that you are also trying to accomplish, right? When a person comes into my office, they say, I feel out of control. Uh, I don't feel like myself anymore. And they're looking mm-hmm. to regain those experiences. And all the world keeps telling us is that we're victims. If we choose to hear that, oh my God. that's all we hear right. every day. That's, that's how it seems. But I say that's how it seems. It's an apparency. It's an illusion. Because the whole time we're, we're creating this and we're believing it and we have to disagree with it and we're looking for freedom from the outside. We're looking for, you know, governments to give us freedoms. And don't get me wrong, governments can kind of take them away, but that's not true freedom. We could live in a totally anarchist society and still not be free because internally we're creating our own traps. We're creating ourselves as victims. Yeah. That's what we need to know. That's what I want for people anyway. How about yourself? Yeah. I've I've seen the same thing in my life. Uh, most of the time earlier before 2000, I mean, not so much anymore, but but really before 2009 and a little bit after that, but I was getting better. I'd get in my own way. I would self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many people right. I talk to about, about their businesses? As a business positioning strategist – I want to position them correctly in the marketplace, and most people are not. Most people are not positioned correctly. They're either not solving the right problem or their marketing is – something's wrong. They're not positioned correctly. And I tell them, I was like, well, what's going to happen when – let's say that what, – what happens when your chiropractor business goes from 100 to 300K? Oh, my gosh. Like, oh, I would love that, and I don't know. And, oh, man, like, what do you mean you don't know? Like, you should be ecstatic. You should be pumped. They're scared of their own success. Sure. So many times I talk to business owners, I'm like, you got to break that six figures. It's not going to do it. Man, it just oh, it seems like a lot, and I don't know. And like, well, well, well don't you want to be successful? Well, well, yeah. I'm like, well, then figure out what that looks like for you. If it's 50K a year, then it's 50K a year. You're successful. You write your own version of success. But most people right. get in their own way, and they stop the success from happening because they're scared that when I reach that level, who am I going to become? What responsibilities am I going to have? Oh, my gosh. I just won the lottery for $300 million. Like, now what? It's fun to dream about that lottery ticket. It's real fun to dream about it until it actually happens. And then you have to take action. And people's inability to take action is what holds them back. Right. Right. Because, because we all want that perception. We all want that dream, right? We're going we're gonna to wake mm-hmm. up in that mansion, you know, 
in the tropics yep. somewhere and we're going to have, you know, people waiting on us and everything. But for the most part, it's not like that. It's, it, it's with greater success become, comes greater responsibility and it could be a greater yep. trap. Yep. And, and what people and, want and, is, what people want is, like you said, wake up and just, it happens. Close your eyes and then wake up and it'll just happen. It'll be five years down right. the road, 10 years down the road, you know, and boom, done. But it, right. that's not where the growth is. The growth is in the journey. That's what, that's what people fail to realize. The growth is in the journey. Yeah. Now, don't you don't you think that people have lost the ability to just enjoy the journey? Isn't that part of the problem? Oh my gosh! Yes. You, oh my right? gosh! Yes. Yep. Yep. Hundred percent. Absolutely. They, they they've lost that. Absolutely. What used to be, you know, enjoy the four years of college. It's going to be so amazing for you. You're going to learn so much. You're going to grow and right. And now because and we hear this all the time. The sense of entitlement. Everybody's entitled. Well, the reason I believe, and nobody's proved me wrong on this, so I'd love to get your take on it, but everybody's entitled to a healthy body. Everybody's entitled to a healthy lifestyle, a rich lifestyle, $15 an hour to have the best cars and the best life and the best this and the best this. I believe the reason that people say that they're entitled, which is the wrong word to use, is because you had empowering parents. I think everybody's looking at it from the wrong perspective. If you change your perspective, you'll change, you'll change the way that you see the problem. The problem isn't that they're entitled. The problem is that we had parents, my parents, your parents, who said, get after it and work hard. Get after it. You're not entitled to nothing. You've got to earn it. The parents that we became, me and you or whoever, the parents that we became said, you know what? If you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. You can accomplish anything you want. Just do it. But we forgot the work hard part. Mm-hmm. Well, mom said that. Mom said that. But but I'm just so good that I could just do this. Mom said that it, that I'm just I'm just so good and I'm so awesome. And so that's good. You empowered them, but you forgot about. It's not easy. Otherwise, everybody would do it. That's the part that got forgotten. It's you know you tell your three year old daughter. You're a princess. You're a princess. And then she grows up thinking that she is. And they come to find out, well, maybe I'm not, but you are. You can be anything you want to be. You can be anything you want to be. And if I can be anything I want to be, then I want to be this. And all of a sudden, yeah. we think that we're that, but you forgot the hard work behind it. Sometimes you have to work towards. That's where I think that, that, that society as, quote, entitlement failed, is you forgot the work hard part. I, I agree with that. And I, and I want to add to it. I, I'm you know, you said you're looking for someone to contradict you on that. I'm not going to, but I want to add to it. <laughs> I, think what, I think what's also missing, and, and, I, don't know, and I don't know where it went wrong, um, mm-hmm. but what's also missing is, is the love of the process. You know, the, the yes. best athletes, the, the Michael Jordans, uh, the Kobe Bryants, uh, those guys, they, they weren't yep. always just looking at the scoreboard. They wanted to win more than anything. But they, they surrendered to the process. They fell in love with that, the working out, the taking yeah. a million shots. And somewhere yeah. that went from a joy to, to just forced labor. Um, uh, yeah. and, and, and you see that, you know, in practice, like you were saying, when you talk to doctor, it's, it's the same thing. We, we want those goals, we, but, but we don't enjoy every little step that it takes to get there. 
And, and that becomes overwhelming because all those little steps that we miss, then they end up biting us in the behind. And then maybe yeah. we don't even want those results anymore because we don't want it to do everything that it takes for it. I think what we're talking I, about here, like the umbrella of this, if I may, I'm sorry, did I interrupt you? Nope, nope. Oh, okay. I think it's just the directedness. Like the, the locus of control has gone from the individual to somewhere outside of the individual, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's, it's about the award. It's about uh, the end goal. It's about someone else. It's about the environment. It's about, you know, the, the viruses and bacteria attacking us. And, and we've lost ourselves somewhere along the way. We've, we've lost mm-hmm. that realization that it's, it's us. We're the ones who move the world. The world is just the machine. We're, we're the energy behind it. Uh, and and if, if we can help people right. get that back, Sean, that's the job. That's the work. Uh, and we have to find better and better ways to do that. I agree. And one, one, one thing that you said, and, and I think was, was amazing, is that, that, that journey that we're missing. And I, I think you said, like, I can't think of the word that you said. It was like directedness, directedness or something like that. Um, Inner directed. Inner direct, yeah. There you go, uh, man. When I I got goosebumps when he said that because I'm just thinking about my own process, and I'm thinking about the processes that other people have. And he said the athlete, and I'm like, man, I just remember, I remember Kobe. Uh, I don't know if it was a documentary or video, whatever, but you know, he he was in there, you know, shooting, 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 and one of the other guys was in there shooting, and then he was done. And Kobe was in there before he even got there. So the guy got there and left before Kobe like was even done and, and all this, right? And come to find mm-hmm. out, Kobe's like, I was already done, but I wasn't going to let you know. I was going to outwork you. No one's going to outwork me. There's a guy named mm-hmm. Eric Thomas who's an amazing speaker, and he's called the Hip Hop Preacher. And Eric Thomas is from Detroit. And Eric Thomas says, you'll never be successful until you want it as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Mm. So he tells a story about an athlete going to a high-level mentor. Never actually mentions the guy's name, but he says he went to a high-level mentor in the industry. This guy knows everything. And so he's like, I want you to train me, and like, I'm ready to go. So he's like, all right, show up at, show up at this time at this location, whatever. So he shows up. You know, he's, got, he's all glitz and glammed out and all that. He's like, what do you, what do you dress like that for? Like, we're getting to work. He's like, oh, we're just gonna, we're gonna learn. Like, yep, you're about to learn today. So he goes, walks down to the beach, dressed all glitz and glam, right? Because that's what the, that's what the life's about as an athlete, right? The glitz and glam. And he puts him in the water and and shoves him underneath the water and holds his head underwater. And uh, the guy's fighting, the, you know, the young athlete's fighting, fighting, fighting. And he finally gets up, and the guy grabs him and slams him down again. He's fighting, 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 gets back up. He goes, what are you doing? He's like, how bad do you want to breathe? That was the moment. Like, how bad do you want to breathe? That's how hard you have to work. That's mm. how hard it, that's what it takes. How bad do you want it? And you'll quickly find out that when you talk to people that they don't want it, they just kind of want it. That's where, right, yeah, that's where that journey has been lost. Right. 
the, the classic story is, you know, is a coach will say to his team at the beginning of the year, how many of you want to be champions? And everyone, of course, raises their hand. You know, and then the next question is, okay, well, how many of you are willing to, to you know, work for it? And, of course, you know, not everyone's willing to raise their hand at that point. And, of course, and we see that also, right? Anyone, who, anyone who's in business, the kind of business like, like what I do with weight loss, where compliance is a necessary part, Yes. You know, everyone yes. wants to lose weight. There's not a single person who's ever come in who doesn't want to lose weight. But does everyone want to do what it takes? Of course not. Right. Because they're giving 100%. up their pleasure. They're, they're, they're giving up freedoms to do that. They want to yep. attain greater freedom, but they're giving up freedoms in the process. And so what you have then is you have a battle of freedoms. And mm-hmm. we want that more than anything. We want no constraints. We want, or we they want, want to be a free magic from, pill. What'd you say? Right. Uh, or they want the magic pill. They, they want the they magic want pill the that, well, I, I, I thought if I drink this slim fast shake that I would just lose weight. Uh, no, you got to go to the right. gym. You got to exercise. You got to eat, right? You got to like, there's a whole lot of others, right? There's a lot of stuff right. involved and, in there. They just don't want to do it. Well, listen, entrepreneurs aren't stupid, right? And entrepreneurs are supposed to give people what they want. So what does everyone want? Right. Everyone wants the results without the work. That's really what they want. And so if you could come up with something like that, or if you could at least imply that you have, you know, that's a, that's a quick and easy road to success. Now, obviously, people know at some level that that's not going to work in the long term, but they're still going to fall for it. They do over and over again. And that's why, you know, weight loss is, is a, a, a multi, multi-billion dollar business. Uh, and that's why I'm probably never going to be as big as some of those companies out there because I say, <laughs> okay, well, these are the steps you have to take. These are the lessons you have to learn. But we have to, right. we have to, there is something called health, Sean. And, and there's something called, uh, you know, doing it the right way. And as a matter of integrity, we can't say to somebody, okay, take this pill, you know, do this surgery. That's the way to build health. It's not. Let me tell you something. Weight loss and health are not the same thing. Look at all of the desperate, unhealthy things people do to, to lose weight, whether it's a bypass surgery, whether they're taking medications that are essentially uppers. You know, uh, there's all of these things that people yep. will do. They do not build health. It's health attainment. It's health, health achievement. And what that takes is that is a series of steps. Behind every step, there's a choice. We always have a choice to make, and, and ultimately we're going to make the right choices if we enjoy that process of the building health. But not everybody gets there, and that's why one out of every six people in this country has diabetes. One out of every three people has heart disease or dies from heart disease. You know, that's why we have those plagues. Those are the plagues I'm concerned about. This thing, this COVID is going to come and go. It's going to be gone. It's, right. a, it's a moment in time. We're going to build immunity to it. But these other yep. plagues that are killing, you know, heart disease is killing whatever, a million mm. people a year and, and, and cancer. Yep. Everyone's going to get these things. We can do yep. something about it. There, there's actually we can actually exert some control over it, but we don't want mm-hmm. it. But we're going to figure that one out, too. Yep, Absolutely. So I want to I want to ask you one last question before we start to close the show. Uh, how how the do you show. elevate the? Oh, do what? We just got started. What do you mean close the show? I know, right? <laughs> I know. 
we're we're gonna go over some time today. Uh, but what I want to get to is is how you elevate the world around you, and I really want to know what that quarantine challenge is. That yeah. series of simple daily challenges designed to help people take better control of their lives and maintain productivity. Uh, productivity. So, what is the quarantine challenge, and how did you come up with it? So, here's the the quarantine challenge was born from my concern about what happens in a society when everyone is isolated, when mm-hmm. people don't know where their next paycheck is coming from, when you know you can feel the fear that's in the air these days. Uh, you know, when we, we right. believe that our very survival is at stake. I don't know what happens in an experiment like that. I know where it could go, though. It could mm-hmm. bottom out. And, you know, like what you were saying before, with you started, you bottomed out. And you wanted to help yeah. other people to do that. And then it becomes more aspirational. You realize if you're going to help people bottom out, you've got to kind of aim high. So mm-hmm. in looking at it, in looking at the mechanisms of what can happen and what is happening, but now in a much more intense amplified way is that people feel out of control. Uh, People are, are, there's the threat of them not being productive. People are anxious. People are disconnected. And those are the things that we want to reverse. People need to have a sense of control. And it's not a solution to try to control things that you can't. You can't control this virus. You can't control what your governor is going to do about it. But you can control things in your own life. And if you do, if, you, if you're productive and if you work towards controlling those things, now you'll have a sense of morale, a sense of self-esteem. You'll see possibilities. And that's yep. what we're trying to do. And that's how the quarantine challenge was created is it's a series of challenges designed to do exactly these things, designed to make people feel better about themselves by accomplishing daily tasks, whether it's cleaning out a closet or delivering some food to, you know, to relatives while keeping social distancing, right? Um, You know, all these little things that we can do add up to something. And, and we do have a choice in how we're going to respond. It's the only choice that we have. There was a man named Viktor Frankl who found himself mm-hmm. in a much, much worse circumstance. He was, in a, he was in a concentration camp. And the conclusion that he came to, and he wrote it in, in his brilliant book, Man's Search for Meaning, was that when everything is taken away from us, we still have the choice of our own attitude. We still have a choice in how we feel and how we look at things. And that's the only thing that's going to stop this thing from bottoming out is if we all make those choices and if we all become better versions of ourselves. So that's why I started this challenge. That's why I started this Facebook group called the Coronation, right? You know, the Corona Elevation, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's why we're doing this. And I want it to grow. I want people to take this challenge on. I want them to give it to other people. It's just a mechanism. It's not about the challenge per se, but it, it's, it's the means to that end. And this is not a time where we can say, you know what, I'm just going to take care of myself. This is the time where we're all responsible for our, we're, I'm sorry, we're all responsible for our neighbors. 
Um, right. We can get back to being our selfish, separate selves. I look forward to that. <laughs> but no. That's funny you say that. that. <laughs> like, you can be selfish later, but not right now. <laughs> well, it's, that's, that's one of the great things about being American. I mean, <laughs> we have the right to be, you know, and Gordon Gekko said, greed works. And listen, and it is enough yeah. if you just take care of yourself and your family. No, no one's criticizing sure. that. I just, I just sure. feel that in this moment of time, we also, we also have to help other people. And, you know, this Absolutely. is a mechanism towards that. Uh, and by the way, people don't, have to, people don't have to do our quarantine challenge. They can create their own. They can use our template. Uh, for the for the people who you know for their own workforce, let's say, or their own family, or whatever it is, I don't care about that. This is not about me or my business. This is a societal thing. Uh, we're fine now, but what happens if this goes on for another six months? Mm. That's that's Got the it. concern. Yeah. 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 Wow. Very cool. And uh, and. Man, you're so right, 100%. I look at what we're doing here. So I do, uh, I do like a nine-minute workout. I mean, I work out, but I mean, I do a nine-minute workout like every day, um, in lieu of everything else—the walks, the runnings, the you know everything else that 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 we're doing. But there's a nine-minute workout that you can do, and it's a minute of push-ups and a minute of rest. Oh, no, uh, mm. sorry, a minute of burpees. Okay, right. a minute of burpees and then a minute of rest and then a minute of push-ups and then a minute of rest and then a minute of super planks and then a minute of rest, a minute of sit-ups and then a minute of rest and then a minute of uh, squats and then you're done. Right. So it's High literally just yeah, 100%. And yeah. that's and that's what we do and it, it, you know, you may I mean you can go outside, you can run, you you know, you can't go to the gym, so you can't lift weights, whatever. But I just had a guy on the show two days ago, and you're going to love this. He created a workout program. First of all, let's get this. He's not a, a wellness expert, health. What, like, he's, like he's not like a big, huge weightlifting bodybuilder guru. But he is somewhere in that, in that area, Okay. Uh, but he's not some big named you know guy. But he created a program that has taken the world by storm, and it's called Grab Your Junk Exercise. <laughs> and what it is, I mean, what it is, he says, go out to your garage and grab a piece of junk and do exercises with it. Right. Grab a baseball bat, hockey stick. Grab a chair. Grab a table. Grab a piece of junk. Grab the barbecue pit. Whatever it is that you're gonna grab, grab it and do some kind of a workout with it. Lifted it, you know. Work out with it, um, stretch with it, whatever it is. Like every single day, go grab something new from your garage and find out what cool workout you could do with it. You know, and so I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, it's it's great. I, you know, as you're describing it, Sean, I just hope that people read the actual steps of it and they don't just stop at the title because people don't need much encouragement for that. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. I, I instantly I was like, grab what? <laughs> He's like, no, hear yeah. me out. Hear me no. out. <laughs> I was like, okay. It's a great name. <laughs> but I do want to say, I do want to say one thing though. You know, there's two things about our challenge that, that is, is part of it, part of the daily routine of our challenge. And I'll tell you right. what those two things are. 
One is do a media fest. There, there are, speaking of junk, right? I mean, you know, it yeah. doesn't matter how strong-minded you are. When you, when you constantly hear this barrage of negativity, it gets in. It's just like food. It's just like nutrition. The step one is avoid the toxins. Eliminate the toxins. And it's the same thing. And I know everybody now, they're looking for answers. Everybody wants to be informed, right, because knowledge is power. However, I guarantee you that if you stop listening to the media, if you stop reading news and, or, or watching the news for two weeks, when you come back, they'll still be on the same sentence. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm so, glad that, I'm, so, I'm so glad that social media – is such a, a, a wonderful and uplifting and, and great place to get feedback. <laughs> well, it can be. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, can, it can go the other way, right? But, right. But yeah, I'm so glad social place, media is such an uplifting place. The, the second oh, part, man. though, the second thing that, that we want people to do every day is to get outside and to walk. And, yeah. and to not just walk, but yeah. when you're walking, to look at things. I think we've become, yeah. like I was talking about before, we've become so fearful of our environment because we perceive it to be so dangerous that if we just get outside, if we look at trees, if we look at clouds, if we do that, you know, we might discover that after a while we're, we're not in our heads. We're not just repeating the same old what if story, right? Uh, you, you know that about your clients. Well, what if this? What if that? What if this? I think people are stuck in their own heads right now and, and asking themselves those consequences, questions. What if? What if? So if you get outside, if you walk, if you look at things, you can get outside of your own head. If you're stuck in your head too long, nothing good happens. So those are the two things that we want everyone to do every single day. Media fast and get outside and walk and look at things. And if you do that, you I defy anyone to do that for two weeks and to tell me that they don't feel better. Oh, 100%. Yeah, amazing. Hey, uh, this has been absolutely incredible. I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, let's do a takeaway. What is the one moment of the show, the one takeaway? What do you want the audience, the listeners, to know and understand about what we're talking about today? I think the first thing that's necessary before any positive movement is to realize you do have choice. I think people are stuck in, in, in this understanding that, that we don't have choice, and there's always choice. You could always do something about something, even if it's something tiny. You could always, like you said, grab your junk, metaphorically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it, 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 seems like it's, it could seem like the, the world is a cresting wave and it's going to come crashing down on you and there's all those things that's outside. But again, to just think about that incessantly, to consider that and to consider how small you are is going to change nothing. To consider what you can do you know, you can light up somebody's day. You can, you know, call them or send a letter or go and do a distance visit, which is something that we do on the challenge occasionally, right? You can, I don't know, balance your checkbook. Anything you do that just underscores the fact that you can make a choice, that you can be in control of your own life, of your own situation, that you can be more interdirected as opposed to directed by circumstances and others, 
Well, that's only going to lead to you being more powerful as a human being. Love it. Man, what a great show. (laughs) What a great show. What a great way to end it, man. This has been absolutely incredible. Uh, Man, I feel like we could talk forever. Uh, I love what you're doing. And, you know, I just wish you the best in the rest of 2020. Thank you, sir. Everyone, go on on the coronation on Facebook. Join it. Um, if you don't like it, unjoin it, but do that. And, Sean, <laughs> I, I appreciate you, what you've been through and how you've been able to turn around. By the way, helping others uh, is, is also just a great way to feel better about yourself. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, b- b- besides the fact that they get helped, it's very therapeutic for us individually. So great right. job there, Sean. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, where are we directing the listeners to? Uh, website, Facebook, uh, where, where do you want them to go? Uh, you know, it's a, it's a good question. You can go to either or. If, if someone has been struggling and failing with their weight and their health, that's always a great place to start as far as regaining control. Um, you know, feeling better, uh, functioning better, being happier with yourself, that's where the, the ripples start. So, you could go to fintech-weightloss.com. Um, for people who are interested in the Corona Challenge, like I said, this is a time where we want to focus out as well. Hashtag focus out. Um, then go to, uh, it's called The Coronation, and that's on Facebook. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much again for your time. Amazing conversation. We covered a lot of topics, and I'm so grateful to have you on the show. Sean, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for you, and there will be baseball again, I promise you. There must be baseball. Oh, there must be baseball. I can't stand it. <laughs> I, I need baseball. <laughs> yes, sir. Baseball Not so much football, but mostly baseball. Worst comes to worst, I'll come down there, we'll meet in the middle, and we'll have a catch. There you go. Yep. There you the go. Perfect. <laughs> Love it. Life Transformation Radio listeners, an amazing guest impacting the world around him. If anything has resonated with our conversation today on Life Transformation Radio with Dr. David Rendelstein, please reach out to him. The website is www.fintech-weightloss.com. The Facebook link is right there, facebook.com forward slash fintechweightloss. Connect with them. Let him know that you listened to his episode of Life Transformation Radio. And with that, I close the show by saying live your brand. Find opportunities every day to live out the core values that you hold deep in your heart. And I call this living your brand. So until next episode, live a great life.